Welcome to the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Of course, there aren't really any normal people, but every person has a spirituality, whether plumbers or politicians, firefighters or farmers, entrepreneurs or entertainers. I'm Matthew Bruff, pastor and author, bringing you tips, guidance, and practical advice for how to live out and keep the life in your relationship with God. You can find show notes, books, and more at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. This is episode 12 of the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. Today I have a great interview with Lisa Whittle. Lisa is a speaker and an author of six books. Her latest book just came out this June, uh, probably just a couple of weeks before you're listening to this. And her latest book is called Put Your Warrior Boots On, Walking Jesus Strong Once and For All. Uh, if you go to uh, my website, spiritualityfornormalpeople.com slash Lisa, you can find a whole list of her books as well as uh, some show notes about the interview that we talk about. And we talk about all kinds of stuff, including um, her previous book as well called I Want God and a book that she's got coming out this fall. So she's written a ton. This fall, she has a devotional that's coming out called Five Word Prayers, Where to Start when you don't know what to say to God. And I really was very interested in that book in particular. And near the end of the interview, we talk a lot about taking the pressure off for our prayers to be a certain way or a particular way and the power of simpler and shorter prayers and how they can sometimes open up our uh, ears and hearts to listening to God in prayer um, and not so much this long list of things that we often might have in our prayer life with God. So I really love that part of the interview. It often seems that the end of the interview, there's some really great stuff. So try and listen into the end or skip ahead. I guess you can always skip ahead to try to find that part if you want. Um, but the whole interview was really good with Lisa. She has a great passion and just has tons of energy. So um, she's really, uh, I think, really interesting to listen to. And so I, I encourage you to, to listen to the rest of that. I did want to share just a little bit, a personal update. Uh, last week, I was at our denomination's General Assembly, the Presbyterian Church in Canada. And um, it, was, uh, it was a good week. Uh, General Assembly is basically uh, a few days of meetings. And you have and sit through meetings uh, for the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. So it can get uh, tedious and also sometimes frustrating. Uh, we, I was not one of our commissioners, which our commissioners are elders and ministers who are sent there to be involved in the national debates and to vote on, on national issues. Um, but this year, I wasn't doing that. I was there working with our young adult representatives, so 14 young adults aged uh, 16 through to 25, uh, we're there from across the country to learn about the, the national church and how the denomination works and how it makes decisions and also to participate in the conversations and discussions. Um, we had uh, we had people in that program from uh, Newfoundland all the way to British Columbia. Uh, so it was great to get to know them. There was 14 of them. And wow, they were just fantastic group. Uh, they showed me as well that there are some great young people in the life of the church who really care about God, about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and also have a deep passion for the church and wanting to see 
what is best for the whole people of God. Um, in my sense at General Assembly, there were definitely some things that were uh, more difficult to talk about and more challenging. One of the big discussions was the the place of LGBTQ people in the life of the church. Um, and I'm not going to get into that on the podcast. That's not the point of our podcast today. Um, but just to say that uh, the way that the young adults engaged with, with those issues um, and also the whole church, I really had a sense, although some of the conversations were really difficult and frustrating and even sometimes uh, people got hurt in the process of the conversation, for the most part, I found that people were were really trying to figure out how can we best have these conversations in a, in a way that is going to be respectful and helpful to people and, uh, and, and in a way you could, you could sense that everybody there really did care about the church and God's people and, uh, and were trying their best to figure out how to, to navigate, uh, the whole conversation. Um, so I did appreciate that, um, that for the most part, people were respectful of one another and varying viewpoints. Um, and so that, that at least was encouraging. There's, there's a lot more that's going to be talked about in our denomination around this. Um, and so, uh, I hope that people, uh, and I'll try my best to, uh, walk through the conversations with a sense of humility, um, and a sense of trying to hear where God is leading. Um, so that's, that's probably enough on that uh, particular conversation, but uh, for today anyway, um, but, uh, I also wanted to mention, um, one of the speakers, there, there's a number of, uh, visitors that come to the general assembly, um, and, and address the, the national denomination. One of those was Cindy Blackstock and her speech just had a major impact on me. Um, she is an advocate, um, and has worked tirelessly, uh, advocating for the rights of, uh, first nations children. Um, so she really raised, uh, the idea, um, or the, the reality for us that, um, the the thing that stuck out with me, I'll, I'll say it this way. The thing that stuck out for me was the reality that in Canada, uh, it's something like a third of the funding, um, that that schools receive so across the population uh first nations communities the schools in first nations communities are only receiving about a third to maybe two-thirds of the funding that the general population receives and that's systematic right across the board still today in 2017 and there's that's not right um so she raised that she raised a number of other issues of live issues that are going on today um, and encouraging us to get involved and to educate ourselves about what is really happening in First Nations communities with our Indigenous people. Um, that this is not just a historical conversation. The history is really important, and learning that and understanding that. Um, but it's there's a present reality of uh, injustice and inequity between uh, our First Nations brothers and sisters. Uh, and those of us who are settlers to uh, this country, Canada. Um, there are similar, similar issues in the U.S. as well, um, but these are things that we need to know about and um, learn about 
Um, so I encourage you, I don't have links to that on my website, at least not yet, um, but there was on the episode with uh, Reverend Dr. Margaret Mullen. Um, you can go to that. I think it's just spiritualityfornormalpeople.com slash Margaret. And uh, you can find some links to uh, some of the things that she mentioned on that episode. So I'd encourage you to do that. And just hearing Cindy Blackstock speak, which was an amazing speech that she gave, um, inspirational, um, uh, really convicting as well uh, in in the good sense of that term, just realizing that we've got a long way to go and we need to get to work on it. Uh, but I would, uh, I would definitely encourage you to go and check out Cindy Blackstock and the work that she's doing on behalf of uh, Indigenous children in Canada. Uh, yeah, so it, it was a good week uh, at General Assembly, and that was definitely a high point. The high point was her speech and also just the opportunity to work with a great group of young adults um, for, for the time I was there. Um, I did also get to go and visit some family, uh, my aunt and uncle and cousin, uh, who live uh, just in the Kingston area. So I got to spend a few hours with them and have a meal together with them. So that was also an added bonus um, to, to have that. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoy uh, this interview today that I have t- for you. Uh, here's the interview with Lisa Whittle. Welcome, Lisa. It's so great to have you on. Oh, thanks. It's so good to be here. Um, Lisa, you are an author, I think six books, well, five books and another one kind of on the way, um, and a speaker. Um, but I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm just meeting you for the first time today. So, um, it's great to meet you and I'd love to just sort of hear a bit about you and what you do. Oh, well, yeah, man. Uh, so what do I do? That's a, that's a loaded question. I, <laughs> what, which thing do I choose actually today? Um, no, I am, well, I'm a, I'm a wife. I'm a mom, wife of almost 22 years. I'm a mom of three. My kids are 19, 16, and 14. So that's sort of a busy life there. Um, and then also, yeah, I write books and, and I speak. And so those are all things I get to do. Obviously, um, I'm just a, normal woman, a child of God, um, someone who's messy and, and just needs a whole lot of grace and love and all of the things that we all sort of have in common. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just, um, those are just some of the things that I do on a, on a daily basis, I would say. Cool. I for sure want to talk today about your latest book, um, that's out, uh, this month. Um, and, uh, it's called, uh, put your warrior boots on, um, put your warrior boots on, boots on. I'll say that again, cause I'm messing it up. Um, but, uh, I, I want, I for sure want to talk about that and I haven't had a chance to read it, but I, I kind of want to read it cause it looks really interesting. And, um, and you have this quote as well. I was looking on your website. You have this quote that says, if you're weary, if you're tired of being scared, if you want a better strategy for living, and I'm not going to finish the quote. They can go and read it or you can complete it. But, but that to me, like that just sound. I think people are weary, are worried, are fearful. And if that's kind of the, the promise of your book is to, is to kind of address some of those things and find a better way to live than in that sort of tired zone and fearful zone. Um, you know, what is it about your book and this, this new book that can help people who are kind of in that situation. Cause I think there's lots of people who are living in that kind of world. 
Yeah, well, that, I mean, really, to be honest with you, the reason why I wrote this book is because not only did I find myself in that space, but I started listening to conversations. I mean, this is like, I always say, you know, I authored this book, but people wrote every page because I was listening very closely to, you know, Facebook conversations and social media and, you know, listening to my neighbors and listening to, you know, my friends, even over coffee and everybody's conversation was sort of the same. And it was this conversation of, I am really worried about the world. I'm really worried about how I'm going to survive in this world and how I'm going to protect my kids in this world if we have children. And it was sort of this panic conversation I was hearing. And I don't know. I just started feeling like, and and really the Lord started impressing upon me. And I I write in the end of chapter one, uh, a story about going to see a movie with my daughter. Actually, we went to see Mockingjay part two. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's, there is a scene in this movie where, um, Effie is talking to Katniss, the, the, the main character of the movie, right? And she's just fought this huge battle. And um, Katniss is, um, you know, always sort of has this internal battle that she fights, right? Like, so she wins often, but she never feels really like she wins, you know? And so Effie comes to her, her, her friend and says to her, you know, Katniss, promise me you'll find it. And Katniss says, find what? And Effie says, the life of a victor. And as I was sitting there in this movie of all strange things, you know, the Lord really impresses upon my heart, like, this is like the Christian, right? So we go through our life feeling like we've never won. And yet Ephesians 1 tells us that, you know, God is the highest, God is all authority, and we walk in the authority of God, but we are living below our spiritual potential. And so I'm thinking, okay, I feel very sad about this, that we have this life that God has given us with breath in our body to live. And we are living below our spiritual potential because if we live panicked and fearful, that's below the life that God has promised us. And that's, that's not my idea. That's like all from the Bible. And so my, my thought process in writing this book was to listen to the conversation of people and my own life of feeling very sort of unable to do this and reactionary to everything that happens in this world, right? So every time something new comes up that freaks me out, I'm panicking and fearful. And I'm thinking there has to be a better way. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jesus has promised us a better way. And so, yes, the book is to, number one, like give people a different strategy because the Bible is a book of preparation. It's not a when the time comes sort of this is what you do and scramble to do it, right? Mm -hmm. It's a before the time comes, this is how you prepare your life. And so I've kind of put it into eight simple declarations, which is eight chapters of the book. I mean, that's just what it is. I'm a very bottom line person. I'm a simple person, put it in simple terms for me. And I've just put it into eight declarations that says, these are the things you've got to declare over your life in order to walk Jesus strong. And so I want the book to infuse strength in people. I want to give them a different way to look at life, a a different strategy from panic and fear to preparation and strength. And that's really what the book is all about. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that really fits with some of the things that that we talk about on this podcast. Like with the focus of this is really kind of spiritual practices and, and what, what grounds is what helps us in our spiritual life. And I find that lots of times, like people will turn to something like prayer or they they go to the Bible in, in a, in a time of difficulty and panic and for sure do that, like that, do it. But the problem with that 
can be that if you're only going in those times and you don't have that groundedness, you don't have that rootedness that's always there. So having those practices that are in place throughout all of life and then when the when the storm hits you've you've got resources to pull on um, that isn't yeah like i knew a preacher and one of the one of the goals that he talked about it was a preaching workshop i was at one of the goals he talked about in the way he tried to present sermons was he said not really actually trying to give people like i'm going to apply now the bible to your life right now he was trying to help people have the biblical resources so that when something happened in their life, they knew where to go and knew what resources to pull on. I thought that was a really kind of interesting or different approach to preaching too. Um, But I think that's a little bit of what we are talking about there is that there are these deep resources in scripture in Jesus and, and we need to be able to, to, to focus on those. So I don't want to necessarily put words in your mouth, but I think there's just a connection there between those things. No, that's exactly right. And uh, you know, and I talk about this a lot. When you said that about storms, this is something that I often say is you don't have to know the particular storm if you know the vehicle to survive. Mm-hmm. So I think what we think is like, oh, I've, I don't know about this. Like, wait, this is something new in the news. Like, I've never, I, I've never heard about this or like, I, I don't know. This is something like, oh, this is freaking me out and I don't know how to deal with this particular thing. Well, here's really the good news about that. You actually don't have to know about that particular thing. You just know how to, you just have to be prepared and you have as prepared as you can be because obviously we can't control life, right? In this world, there will be trouble, John 16, 33. We don't know every particular trouble that it will be, but we have to know the vehicles to survive. And I find that when we are prepared in a different way, like our life is more settled. And part of that is having this focus on um, you know, heaven and realizing that our best life is not the life we live now. I think sometimes that's something that we forget. Um, also I talk about this in the book too, in a a certain point is that, um, you know, I think sometimes as Christians, what you're talking about is like in this moment of panic, we reach for the Bible, we reach for it. Absolutely. You know, Jesus wants us just to reach for him. So, you know, I'm not at all. And you aren't either saying, Hey, don't reach for the Bible in that moment of panic. Listen, Man, reach for that Bible whenever that is, right? And so we're both saying that, obviously. But what about if we just did that in our daily life? What about when things are going awesome? What about when things, when there's not a huge storm? But the reality is, is, um, you know, we just, we get really numb to things and we forget about God. And I've often said, you know, I wrote a book called I Want God before this book. And, you know, one of our most grave mistakes is thinking that we're at most at risk when we're in crisis. But the reality is, is that we're most at risk when we're not in crisis, because our tendency then is to forget about God, like the Israelites before they went into the promised land. The reason why God, one of the reasons he had them called to a place of remembrance in the book of Deuteronomy, it gathered them up to say, hey, Moses can, you know, give this speech to help them remember is because he knew that when they were about to go into the promised land, their tendency was to be to forget all about God. Mm -hmm. They were going to be fat over there. And that's when we're really at risk. And so one of the things I talk about in the book, put your warrior boots on is that passion without preparation is a good intention designed designed to fade. Let me say that again. Passion (laughs) without preparation is a good intention designed to fade. We have to um, prepare our life. And I think sometimes we get on these spiritual highs, man, and we're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I feel really good about God right now. And I'm just going to do this and that. Well, that's awesome. 
But passion without preparation is eventually going to fizzle out. So we have to fortify our life and prepare our life just like, you know, if you're going to go scuba diving and you don't prepare to scuba dive and you don't get the proper gear and you don't learn how to do that and you go down there, you know, a couple hundred feet, okay, you're going to be in very, very serious, seriously bad shape, right? Right, right. Um, Same with running, same with whatever physical analogy you want to give. You go on a diet, the first thing a dietitian does is clean out your cabinets of all your junk because if they don't, your passion for going on that diet plan is going to fade very quickly as you fizzle out if you don't prepare your life. It's the same thing. Right, overall. right. I need to go and read your other book now too. Because, <laughs> But I did look at that book particularly uh, this morning just before we talked. I was, I was just reading about it. Um, oh, that, just tell me, the, just tell me the name of it again. So it's I Want God, right? Yeah. the other I mean, one? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Like I have a, my latest book is called Let God Be Present. And a lot of it is actually my own struggle with, with, with kind of a lot of the time I actually don't want God. Yeah. Um, and so I have to intentionally choose, like I have to change my mind about that. Um, and so the book is actually, cause I, I found lots of resources about, they kind of make the assumption that you're a Christian. And so you want more of God in your life. And now here are some resources to help you do that. <laughs> and those are good. Like, those are awesome. We should, we should read those. But I sometimes find like, well, I'm not even there yet. And I'm saying that as a pastor as well. Like, you know, and I didn't always connect to, you know, that language about desire and all of that just didn't really connect for me. Um, And so that was kind of my struggle with it. And I think there's people in that place too, where it's just, well, I don't know. I don't really feel it. And I think the reality is, is most, like most people are not feeling it like most of the time. Yeah. Um, there are moments, there are these high moments for sure, but, but you've got to intentionally choose to, to put yourself in a place to receive God's, the presence of God in your life. I think, I think that is taking so me a long powerful. time to learn that. <laughs> you know what? That is so powerful. And I, I really like, I really respect you saying that because I think that's one of the most powerful admissions. I think for a pastor to say that, that is, that is First of all, honest. Um, I wish more pastors would say that. And I think I think that's I really think that's real because here's the thing. I mean, you know, it's and one of the reasons I call the book "I Want God" and not "I Need God" is because look, need is not enough. You know, it's wants that drive us. It's it's what we want that drives us. And so, I mean, it'd be interesting if you did read the book because the thing about it is, is wanting God. Um, I wrote that book because. I was about to quit writing. The reason why I wrote that book is is because I needed God to consume me more than my life currently was. I mean, it was a, it was a heart cry. It was a a literally like a come and rescue me kind of a thing. I want God was the last thing I could say. And um, so it was, it was a desperate guttural cry for God to consume me and fill me because I didn't know um, any other thing to say. I think that's where a lot of people are, but in put your warrior boots on, I do actually talk about this idea of choice because really Matthew, that is, that is everything. I mean, we in society are told it's about how you feel. It's about how you feel. Actually, it's not about how you feel at all. It is actually about what you choose. Everything is about choice and often your feelings will follow, but your, but it always will come down to choice. And in that, actually one of the declarations in the book is I will choose God. 
Nice. Because here's the deal in in Deuteronomy 30, there's this famous speech and it basically says, choose, here's the things you have to choose, choose to do three things, love, obey, and follow. And this is the reality is this, this, this is the choice. I mean, you have to do those things. And so, um, we talk about that in one whole chapter of the book. Because it's about choice. It's about mm-hmm. commitment. And in the, pro- and you, you know, that may seem like charity work. Like, okay, if I choose God, that's, oh, you know, wow, look at me. I'm so awesome. I'm choosing God. Like, look how humble I am, right? <laughs> but here's what it does to our life. This is what people don't realize. When we do things like that, it stabilizes us. It stabilizes us in a culture that is very unstable. So we do ourselves the biggest favor of all. By doing that, because the choice for God is everything for us. And here's what I say is when we choose God, it's amazing how a myriad of our other problems all go away because choosing God uh, stabilizes the other areas in our life. It is a choice to calm the chaos. Hmm. That's really what the choice for God is. Yeah. And I think like lots of people don't necessarily think about how like the, the culture that the first disciples were in, like in the New Testament, it's not like that was a stable culture. Right, like, right. Like we've got a great yeah. resource in the New Testament of, yeah. well, what did believers do in times of complete turmoil? I mean, way worse persecution than what like North American Christians face. I mean, sure. really, like in some ways we have it a lot easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of ways. So, but you can go and read, like, what did Paul say to the churches to encourage them in adversity and to Christians exactly who right. were struggling with, well, I don't know, how do we really live this out now that we ha- have Jesus? But it doesn't seem to... Like, is he coming back real soon? Because it's hard. Exactly. You know, so we've got those resources right there. And it's not just the New Testament, the Old Testament as well. Like the story of the Old Testament is God's people, God with God's people in adversity and difficulty. That's and right. That's, that's kind of what's there. Um, that's exactly right. So, I mean, sometimes I think we sort of think, wow, our culture, and it's true, you can be fearful and that you can let that take you over. But in some ways, where we are, like there's new things, there's new ways that that's going to show up, obviously, because there's like, we're just in new places. We've got different technologies or whatever, sure. yeah. but, but it's kind of also the same. Like it's still the same kinds of things that people, human beings have had to struggle with. Right. That's right. So just to know that people have been there before and we have like a few thousand years of witness in the, in the scriptures, plus another 2000 years of Christian history of Christians having to struggle with it too. I know. Um, we should maybe use some of those resources, right? That's why the Bible is so, so amazing because yeah. the community there is just, I mean, what other book could span that, you know, the test of time yeah, yeah. that we could pick up second Timothy and read that. And it says, Hey, this is what's going to happen in the last days. Okay. Wow. Boy, that sounds extremely familiar. And then, <laughs> Oh, by the way, here's what you do. You hold fast to remember yeah, what yeah. you've been taught, you know? And it's yeah. so comforting because it does remind us, hey, look at what they went through. Look at what, we're going through there is community and only god could be such a genius to do that you know absolutely um okay we've we've talked a lot about your book but i need to ask what are you talking about when you say warrior boots yeah well okay so warrior boots is really just sort of a visual of strength right so we're gonna have to walk through this we're walking through this life this is what we're doing and again i'm a bottom line person so this is just how i i see things (laughs) very plainly we're walking through this life we're going to have to walk through this life one way or another we can either choose to do it in like flimsy flip-flops or we can do it in warrior boots and 
I know that in this day and time, flimsy flip-flops are not going to cut it. Like they are just not going to be strong enough. So really the idea of warrior boots is just a visual of strength and a way to walk through this life. Um, you know, in these with ground, it, it reminds me of just being grounded, being laced up, being ready to go. Yes. To a degree, there's a little bit of a symbolism of combat. Um, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not being like overly dramatic here. I'm just saying, man, we're going to have to have strength. And so we're going to have to fortify ourselves and we're going to have to put on the boots. And we have a very real enemy called Satan who is attacking and is prowling. And this is the word of God that tells us this. And so how foolish are we to make ourselves vulnerable by not being as ready as we can and being as strengthened as we can. And so to me, it's just an analogy and a visual for people of how to walk, starting with the kind of footwear that we have, right? to walk strong through this life. I like, I like the fact that you're saying, um, you know, you're acknowledging there's so that, that, um, warrior imagery. Yeah. Um, but saying that this is really about strength, like walking in strength. Yeah. Um, because I, th- I think there's some people who might have trouble with that, with that image, right? Like the idea of a warrior and right. that, that kind of thing. So I, I kind of like that, but for whatever reason, as you're talking, it's reminding me of, um, of uh, the TV show Cheers, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the context was, but there's, a, yeah, I know you weren't expecting that. <laughs> no. but there's this, I don't know what the context was, but Carla from Cheers yeah. was, yeah. she's, she's Catholic supposedly. Right. But, right. Um, and there's this one episode where she talks about, you know, going to church and the priest telling her to do something. And it's like this, you know, she's got to pray so many times a day or whatever. And, and people are looking at her like she's crazy. And she just, says to all of them, well, this is no religion for wusses. Huh, <laughs> you know? That's interesting. And I thought, actually, the kind of, in some yeah. ways, maybe that's what you're saying. Like, we're not, like, there's a, yeah. there's got to be a toughness to, to, to following Jesus. There's a toughness to doing that. It is. Um, it's like, it's, it's like a fortitude, Matthew. It's like, yeah. this is, this is what I say. And I talk about this in chapter one. It's, this is why I'm pushing back on this idea of the idea of brave because, okay, so in this culture, we have this word brave that we throw around all the time. We've got tattoos of brave. And by the way, yeah. if your listener has the word brave tattooed on them, I, I love the word. So please know that like- hey, it's, a di- it's a Disney movie, so you can't go right. too far, right? I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> So I, I don't want to make anybody mad because trust me, I'm like, I, I'm sorting through this myself, right? And yeah. so we have plaques with the word on it. It's an awesome sure. word. But I used to drive myself crazy with this list, right? It was this list of all the brave stuff. It was like, if I were just more brave, I would, you know, go to Africa or, mm. you know, if I were just more brave, I would do this and this and this. And I drove myself crazy with the list because here's <coughs> the problem with that word. Like some days I feel really brave. Like I can take on the world. And then some days I want to be in a fetal position in my closet, crying over the hot mess that my world is and that I am and how can I protect my kids? And so the problem with the word brave and this, first of all, we don't really know what it means because we call a million things brave, right? So, and I talk in the book, I give this example of like overhearing this conversation where this woman says to another after she's gotten this purple mohawk, girl, you're brave. And anyway, you can read about it in the book. But the, but the point being is this, Human brave has an expiration date to it because anything in our strength always does. So it has to be about more than that. It has to be about Jesus strong. And that's something very, very different. And, you know, my father died six weeks ago and I watched him take his very last breath. And 
I have to tell you that in that, in the months even leading up to that, because he had a rare um, brain disorder. And so I was watching him slip for me for weeks and weeks. And I was a daddy's girl my whole life. So it was a very, very difficult thing to watch this strong man fade in front of me. I can tell you, Matthew, that in that moment, in that time, I was so grateful that it was not up to my human brain because I was fresh, I was fresh out. I was fresh out, but it was something that was possible only through the power and strength of God. And it was this human strong. I mean, this Jesus strong, no human brave to it, but this Jesus strong that carried me and gave me fortitude that I didn't have. And you know what, in this day and time, wimpy Christianity, what I call Godish where we have a form of godliness, but deny the power that it takes to be godly. It talks about that in second Timothy. It's not going to cut it anymore. And I think there's a lot of us that get fearful of the storms and get fearful of the hard times because deep down inside of our gut, we know that we really haven't prepared for them. We know that we've gone to church. We know that we've talked about God. We know that we maybe even said these sort of token prayers. We haven't really fortified our life. We've not really gotten in tight with God. We know that our relationship, if it were to be tested in, in a hard time, really couldn't cut it. And I really want believers to live better than that. And the book is really sort of a call out to them to say, listen, fortify your life, man. Live stronger because when those times come, because we don't know when they're going to be, but when those hard times come, I want you to be more prepared than this sort of like fancy, trinkety Christianity that you've had, like this sort of junky Christianity. Forget all that. Like live stronger than that. And that's what I want for the believers. Yeah. It's going to take a stronger faith than what we've known. I, I think what I want people to hear in this is that the strength that the strength is coming from God. The strength is coming from Jesus. Yeah. And you know, I even, I, I'm really sorry to hear about the loss of your dad. Um, and I think about, you know, people who, who have died in my own life or, um, or when it's been really tough. And when I think about those, like when I think about times or I think about what could happen in the future, I think, I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could keep going. Right. And yet when I've been in those times, I have been able to keep going. Mm-hmm. And, but, it, but it's because it's not my strength. Yeah. Like the reality is I, technically I can't manage. <laughs> right. But but the power is is that it's it's Christ who lives in me that is providing me with the strength to be able to to come through those times. So yeah. I I think this is really important for people to to get to get that and to realize that. Yeah. Well, as long as as long as we continue to you know break, try to brave our way into stuff, the problem with that is. Like at a certain point, number one, we run out, even if we're a strong person, because I have a naturally strong personality. So, but even if we have that, it runs out at a certain point. His strength, what I, what I say is that his strength is our strategy. And so what I want people to do is stop looking at ourselves so much and take the pressure off. Yeah. You know, we have so much pressure on us, right? Yeah. We have the pressure of the weight of the world. Mm-hmm. We weren't meant and created to have that pressure. Right. That's why he tells us over and over again, look, fix your eyes on me, the author and finisher of your faith, Hebrews 12, 2. It's not, we, if, we, if we look at ourselves, which this culture says, hey, me, 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 the, in, the me culture. Problem with that, Matthew, is 
the more we look at us, the more we tend to be insecure and fade because we know in our depths that we can't do it. And it makes us crash and crumble. So I'm saying, look, for your own sanity and for your own like wellness of your soul, fix your eyes on Jesus because his strength is your only strategy. I, I, I say in the book, like, I don't ask you to trust God because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a great strategy. I ask you to trust God because there is no other alternative. There's no other way. And so that's the whole thing that I'm, I'm saying in this book is like, this is just, I'm laying out for you bottom line because I love you. And because I know that for me, this is the way, the only way that I can live myself. Yeah. I love, I love that you're saying too, that like, this is, this is to take pressure off. Like, because we're we're loading ourselves with pressure and i think one of the mistakes as well and this is the the danger of doing a podcast about spiritual practices and we're going to talk about those in a minute but um the danger of that is like i don't ever want people to hear you know okay so you got to make sure you're praying enough you got to make sure you're you know make sure you're checking all of the christian boxes and doing all the right things and believing god the right way and doing like all of that and i don't because then we'll start to, instead of letting the world pressure come on us, now we've got this sort of Christian, like cultural Christian pressure that's coming on us instead. Like we've just replaced one for another. Right. And so I love what you're saying is really it's about, you know, just keep going to Jesus. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus said, like, what does he say? You know, take my yoke upon you. Right. Um, learn from me. It is easy and my burden is light. You yeah. know, so he's, yes, he's demanding in one, in one respect, but he's life-giving and will give you rest in the other respect. It's, I mean, it's, I, I love what you're saying. It's great. Um, so, uh, but I want to ask you about spiritual practices, because that's what our, our, our uh, podcast is about. And I would love for you to share, if you're willing to share a little bit about what your own personal spiritual practice looks like or, or what you uh what are some of the things that you do in your life to, to connect with God? Okay. I, um, it's so funny too. Cause I, anytime I'm ever asked on any podcast, like what is your system for writing or what is your system <laughs> for any kind of system? I'm always like, Oh, I'm the worst person to ask about systems because, um, I'm, I'm such a sort of like freelance person. Although I totally believe in, um, what I do believe in is discipline and consistency. It's in a spiritual life because I do believe that saves our life, you know? So, you know, there's this fine line between like legalism and um, just totally floating out there so that you're right. right. So anyway, I, 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 I'm thinking about this question on the fly here, but I, every day what I do is um, at this season of life with my kids that go off to school and I have a quiet house, which I'm thankful for. And I, I recognize there's a lot of working moms out there. I work by the way, every day and a lot of weekends as I speak. So I'm a working mom too, but um, in a different way. So I basically get up and have my coffee and read my Bible. And that usually that looks like um, about a chapter a day, depending on where I am in the Bible, I try to read through the Bible and I don't say like, I'm reading through the Bible in a year. I don't do that. But I, what I try to do is continuously read through the Bible. So Hmm. if that takes me a year, that's great. If that takes me six months, that's great. I don't have a set whatever on that because nobody is looking over my shoulder and I'm certainly don't have a, you know, an idea in my head of how long that takes. It takes however long it takes. Right. I and used I, to, I used to be like goal, goal driven. And yeah. then, you know, I failed 
three times to read right. through the Bible in the year. And then I succeeded yeah. once. And when I, su- when I managed to do it once after that, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> right, right. So I'm so, like you, I kind of read through and sometimes yeah. it's a chapter, sometimes it's a few chapters. Yes. If I, if I want to keep going, I keep going and if not, but, but definitely I try to get a chapter if I can a day, but I, I try to um, just have a continuous sort of goal of reading through the Bible after I read through it that one time I read through it again. Um, And I sometimes will have it add a devotional book to that. It depends on where I am right then. Sometimes it's been like um, right now I'm reading peace in the face of loss by Jill Kelly. It's a, I think it's a 40 day devotional. And like I said, I just lost my father. So I'll read one of those per day after I do my, my chapter. Um, and then I sit and I pray and praying for me looks very different at, at 45 than it used to when I was 25. And maybe I was in a kind of a situation there where I thought it had to look very, very structured in a certain way. I do a lot more listening now in my praying than I ever have in my life. Um, and, in fact, my, my, my book that comes out in October is called Five Word Prayers. And it kind of came out of a time in my life where I bought a, pr- a book on prayer because I wanted to make my prayer life better. And I started reading this book on prayer and it was so overwhelming to me with all of its systems that I was like, oh my word, I guess I'll never be a good prayer warrior because this is like <laughs> overwhelming and I cannot do all this possibly. And the Lord, and I really cried out to the Lord and I said five words that night and it was, I love you, Jesus, help. That was my five word prayer. And God really just spoke to me powerfully that night. And I realized that it was not about word count, but heart intent. And um, so my praying looks differently. I certainly speak to the Lord, but I do a lot more listening. And so, uh, and I pray throughout the day and all of those things. But um, so that's kind of my daily practice. And, um, and I do do it in the morning, even though I am not a morning person, but I find that I, it's better for me to start my day um, with getting into God's word. Right. I need it. I, I was going to ask you um, about getting out of spiritual ruts, if you've ever been in one, but I kind of, I, I was also going to ask you about your book and it, your, your upcoming one, the five word prayers one. And I, I, I'd rather kind of just hear a little more about that, that book. Um, and because I actually think, and it sounds like the story of the, of that book starting is maybe, you know, with that kind of prayer, a prayer of help, yeah. um, maybe helpful to somebody out there who might be listening who feels like they are maybe in a rut or feels like they're, they're in difficulty and it's, and it's maybe too hard or feels too difficult to go to God. Um, and, uh, when I saw that you had that book coming out, um, I, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Um, oh. now I've got like, I, like, I want to read all your books now. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I've got, I have this super long reading list and so. I've overwhelmed you today and that was not my purpose, but I'm grateful. Um, but this one's out in October. So if people are listening to this, uh, in June, I mean, people might be listening to this in the future, so they can just go and get it right now, That's um, right. you know, but, right. uh, yeah. but, uh, if, uh, hopefully by October, I will, I'll clear some space on my reading list so that I can add this one in. Cause I think yeah. this one sounds really, 
uh, really good. And it's a devotional as well, right? Yes. I was going to tell you that this one's a little bit of a different book. So it could kind of be, um, it, it would be, it's a totally different book, obviously, than Put Your Warrior Boots On or I Want God, which are, you know, a, a, a book that has, you know, your regular kind of chapters and a trade right. book and all that. Although I have to say, Matthew, I write, I don't write long books because I don't like to Me read neither. long books. Okay. Me <laughs> No wonder we like each other. So I Want God is actually only six chapters. Now, don't let that fool you. That chapter one is quite um, meaty. So it, it, yeah, it'll, you know, but, and then um, put your warrior boots on is eight chapters. But anyway, at any, at any rate, five word prayers. um, One of the reasons I wrote that is exactly what you just said, which was when people find that it is difficult or they are overwhelmed by the thought of coming to God or they are overwhelmed by the thought of praying in a systematic way or some way that feels, you know, I've got to do it this way or I've got to say this, then they have a tendency not to pray at all. Right. And I I just wanted to take again the pressure off of them to say, listen, because I think Satan wants us to feel very trapped and very stifled so that we don't come to God because he knows that if we come to God um, in whatever way we come, that, that there will be a sweet community there. Because when we come to Jesus and we find him with our whole hearts, it, there's just, um, we can't resist that love. And so Satan's goal is to try to just keep us from ever going. And so what I want the listener to hear is like, if you if you come to God even with five simple words, now the idea is not like you only just ever say five word prayers to God. <laughs> right. It's just this is the the subtitle of the book is where to start when you don't know what to say to God. That's yeah. the subtitle. So my whole my hope and goal for the reader is to say, hey, listen, here's forty days of devotionals. They they're five word prayers. There's they're prayers like some of them are prayers of thanksgiving, like. Thank you for bottling tears. You know, thank you for bottling tears. I was making sure that was five words. Yes. Thank you for bottling tears. You know, and it's based on a scripture about the bottling my tears and psalm. And then it basically, you know, I write a devotional about that, about the beautiful way that he tenderly takes our tears and puts them in a bottle. Mm -hmm. And so it's a prayer of thanksgiving to God, because I think that's important to acknowledge that. But then some of the prayers might be, help me to forgive myself. You know, because I think there's a lot of us that don't, that need to forgive ourselves, And so it's, it's prayers like that, that help us get started. And that's what I really want the, the readers to know is like, maybe, maybe we sort through these prayers. We don't have to follow them in the way that I've laid them out in 40 days. Maybe, you know, we, we might go through every day and do it like that, or we might flip through the book and go, oh, I need this prayer for today. Yeah. And um, so I, I've never written a devotional book before, but I've always sort of wanted to. And I found the process to be very cathartic for myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know if this is a good sign or a bad sign, but my editor said it was my best writing. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know if I'm offended by that or very like moved by that because I've written six books and you think this is my best writing. But, um, but I know that the Lord really spoke to me in that, in my own prayer life about just listening and, and saying things simply from my heart and then maybe just sitting in silence and letting God minister back to me. And then we get started into even deeper conversation, but often it starts with a very simple prompt like these mm-hmm. five words. And I also noticed there's a coloring book. There is a coloring so, book. <laughs> so people could go and grab I, that too. Yes. And what's really cool yeah. about that though, Matthew, is that my sister who is an artist um, actually did all the drawings for this book. And oh, so that's awesome. Me, yeah. So for me to be able to have my sister on board for a project 
just was a really cool thing. So yeah, that is cool. Yeah, and every drawing really, I I really wanted to symbolize the prayer. So it's more than just hey, yeah. color this cool page. It's yeah, meant yeah. to symbolize what we're talking about. So right. I hope. Does, that- does she do that professionally? Is she? Actually, she's never done anything like this, but she is an artist that works for an art gallery. So we just oh, really? collaborated. So it was very okay. cool. Yeah. Cool. Like, is there, like, if people wanted to find your, like, is there a place online that she, that you can see, like, if she's done other art or no? Actually, no, there's okay. not. Okay. So um, there you go. You, people, can, people can start <laughs> looking for that. They'll be familiar <laughs> with her now. I That's think right. She, you may have an Etsy store, actually. And oh, okay. so... Yeah, so maybe um, by the time this comes up... Yeah, let me know. Let me know. Yeah, because uh, I think it'll be like, we'll have a website, fivewordprayers.com, and we'll have some information for her on there too. So. Yeah, sure. That's that's yeah. pretty cool. That's yeah, kind of that's, that's fun. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea of, of simple prayer as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think... Uh, okay, didn't Jesus say something about that? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Didn't he say, like, you know, the, there's those... Uh, who are praying the long, long prayers to put on a show and, yep. um, you know, go and just close your door and be in your closet and pray to your father in secret. And right. and then, and then when they ask how to pray, Jesus gives us a pretty simple prayer. Like the Lord's prayer is a pretty simple prayer. Well, actually um, I do. I talk about that too. In the, in the introduction, I talk about, yeah. I kind of went and researched and looked for the prayers that are documented, um, Jesus prayers in the Bible. And mm-hmm. I went to look, you know, there's, there's only so many documented prayers in the Bible uh, of true. Jesus. Yeah. There aren't that many. And the ones that are documented are fairly short. They're really short. You're right. Including the Lord's prayer, yeah, which is very, very short and simple. And um, so, but yet when I say simple, I don't mean not meaningful or deep. They are no, exactly. very, very deep. They are just yeah. not wordy or heady. You and, know? and in some, like they're jumping off points, right? Like I'm just thinking, yeah. I'm going back to the first prayer that you shared, which, cause it's easy to remember. Cause really it's just, geez, you know, I can just remember help. It's a one word prayer, you know, with a, with a four word preamble. Right. Um, but, uh, but, but that's a jumping off point, right? right. Like that is, has a context. Like, because you'd have something in mind that you're asking for help around, right. and then it's it's going to lead you into deeper prayer. Whether it's right. just more more of praying for help, or whether it's listening, or then being aware of like, may, is God helping me somewhere? And I feel like that's some of those shorter prayers and like simpler. I don't mind the word simple, um, but I think some of those end up just being ways in to a, to a greater relationship with God. That's right. Um, and I even think about like my own daughter, you know, when she'll, um, you know, like I know at, at bedtime or something like that. And, you know, I might say, uh, okay, you know, good night. It's, it's time for you to like, I'm just going to go. And then she'll say, daddy, daddy, can you stay? Mm. And, you know, she's seven right now. And, you know, I just think, you know what, eventually she's never going to, she's never going to be asking that question again. That's right. So I'm just going to say yes. Every time she, like, yep. I think there's like one or two times where I've said, no, 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 like you're, you're fine. Um, right. But if she says, can you stay? I almost a hundred percent of the time say yes. Yeah. I thought, Hey, that's actually a pretty good prayer. Yeah. You know, like okay. if you're feeling yeah. God's absence, mm. you know, God, can you stay? Can you be here with me? That's a pretty good. deep prayer, but pretty, pretty profound i like that um 
So I, I think we can learn things about how we interact with one another or with our kids or with our parents. And we can sort of see, you know, some of the most meaningful times. It's not when we're having this complicated conversation. Right. It's just being in one another's presence, being together. Yeah. Um, acknowledging that. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Jesus prayers, like Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Exactly. That's um, right. Yep. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, super yep. short prayer. That's right. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. I'm really looking forward to that book. But thank you. Um, where can people find you online? Because we'll we'll wrap up. People can go find you on find your website, and they can find your books, especially the latest one. Put your warrior boots on. Yeah. Walking Jesus strong once and for all is the subtitle. Yeah. Where should people go to find all about you and your writing? They can go to lisawittle.com and it's W-H-I-T-T-L-E. So lisawittle.com has all the information. And then also warriorbootsbook.com has all of the warrior boots uh, information. And this is kind of cool, Matthew, if they want to sort of just get a sample of put your warrior boots on before they purchase it, they can actually text to their phone 44222. Um, the word warrior boots, uh, they will get a little message that says, Hey, give me your email and I will send you the intro and chapter one of the book for free. And so if your listeners want to do that and want to sort of read through the intro and chapter one for free and see if they like it before they purchase it, all they have to do is text to their phone to 44222 warrior boots and then put in their email address and they will be able to, uh, download intro and chapter one of the book for free and they can read it and then hopefully purchase it and see if they want to um, look at the other ones eventually. That would be awesome. That is blowing my mind. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So that is pretty neat. So, okay. A whole new way of uh, sending books out there. Yeah. Yeah. As an author, I'm like, Oh wow. How do you do that? Okay. Yeah. Um, That's pretty neat. Awesome. I've, really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been great. And uh, I just want your listeners to know that, you know, we we really are able to do this through the power of God and, and it will be in his strength and through his authority. And so I just, um, I want them to know that, that it's possible and to, to really walk forward in the calling that God has asked them to do with this, with their lives. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Don't forget to check out the show notes at spiritualityfornormalpeople.com. There you can sign up to get the free short guide called Six Tips to Get Consistent in Connecting with God. And when you do that, you'll also get the latest updates and news from the blog, plus book announcements and anything else I may be working on. So head over to spiritualityfornormalpeople.com and sign up. Thanks for listening today and take care.